0: This is the OTP, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get a quote today at FBHP.com. I'm Mike Keith, pleased to be joined by the Executive Director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy. Jim, thanks for taking time. We appreciate it
1: yeah, Mike, thanks for uh, having me on. We usually just connect down here Senior Bowl week, so it's good to uh, good to be on with you. It's exciting
0: that this February, the seventy fifth Reeses Senior Bowl will take place. Awfully special for all you guys down there in Mobile.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a great week for us. Um, you know we 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 partnered with the NFLPA over the summer. Uh, to bring these guys back. You know, the goal is to name a 75th team, uh, and it's great to name a team, uh, but to get them back here in Mobile is a big deal. And we're, Now we're going to be able to do that uh, with the help of the NFLPA. So we're getting ready to announce the team. Uh, we've got these big packages ready, getting ready to go out to, uh, to the players themselves. So it should be a lot of fun.
0: And the Senior Bowl really at its zenith at this moment. Last year, how many of the 2023 Senior Bowlers were drafted in April?
1: We had right at 100 players. So that was the third year in a row that we'd had over 100 players. And, and for the third year in a row, uh, we hit 40% of last year's draft class. So each of the last three years, we've hit that. And uh, just happy for all those guys. They all realized their dreams. And we, I, think we had, I think we had nine guys that didn't get drafted actually made opening day 53-man rosters. So uh, like I tell the players, it's not always where you start, it's where you finish. So it was cool to see some of those guys that didn't get picked actually uh, make a team.
0: All right, Jim, take me through how you're starting to narrow down the list of guys that you're going to invite to Mobile for the last week of January and the February
1: 3rd game. Sure. Uh, We started last spring. Really, really, even before last year's game started, we were looking at players for next year for 2024. Um, But as we work through the year, again, it's a it's a part of a process of elimination uh, we started with the two-deep depth chart from every FBS school and started to work our way down at that level. And then the FCS and the Division IIs, we, we kind of go up All-American and All-Conference lists here. Um, and that's all off the junior tape, and that's how we create the watch list. And then as we go through the fall, uh, right now we've got 10 former NFL scouts on our staff, and they're out at games every Saturday watching these players. They're, they're at home at their houses all, all week uh, watching tape. So, we're trying to do this thing as closely as we can to what an NFL franchise does and and uh, next week we're actually hopping on our big all staff zoom calls um, and we're going to go over offense and defense we're going to take two or three days as a group and kind of get the board set and now uh, we're getting ready for our first round of invites here in a few weeks Jim you obviously
0: focus on seniors you know underclassmen will certainly join the 24 2024 draft class you don't know which ones yet. But just from what you know of the overall picture, what appear to be the strengths very early on in terms of what will be in the 2024 NFL draft?
1: Yeah, that's right. We, we do get some juniors, though. We get the guys that graduate by December. So we, we have to watch those guys for sure. Um, and you're always going to notice a guy like Caleb Williams as you're watching USC tape. So we, we try to take some notes on the, on the juniors as well. Uh, but positions of strength right now, I would say offensive line as a whole. Um, That's probably music to music to the ears of a lot of NFL fans right now uh, who's struggling up front. I mean, I I feel like every primetime game I've watched so far this year, one of the two teams is really is is really struggling on the offensive line. So um, last year was it was a really good interior class, maybe not so much at tackle. I think it's pretty good across the board. And then I would say the interior defensive line class is better than it's been in the last few years, at least for us, at least for the senior group. Um, you know, it's, we've, we've been really searching for some guys down the roster over the last couple of years. And this year, we're going to have to make some difficult cuts. Um, there's some guys that we're going to want here in mobile that we're just not going to have room for. So, um, that's a good thing for teams that need interior D line help and some pass rush help.
0: Okay. So let me go back to the offensive line thing for a second. If you're an NFL team that potentially needs a starting left tackle, are you going to have to take that player in the first round or. Is there enough depth that maybe you could get that player in the second or third round?
1: Sure. I I think you could wait. Uh, You know, like, for instance, a couple years ago, we had Braxton Jones in our game, a small school guy from Southern Utah who probably was rushed on the field last year for Chicago as a rookie a little too early. Um, But now as a second-year starter, it looks like he's a guy that could play for a long time. So there are athletes, Mike, um, that can play that left tackle spot. That's what you do as an evaluator when you watch tackles. You you can rule it out pretty quickly, which guys are going to be right tackles in the league, and that's most of them, um, and which guys have the feet and the length, you know, to actually survive out there at left tackle. I think guys like Patrick Paul at Houston is a name. Um, gosh, you know, Javon Foster at Missouri is a guy who's played really well this year, made a nice jump. So there there's going to be some day two guys, maybe even to the fourth round, like a, a smaller Braxton Jones type player that could be there.
0: Okay, on the flip side of the strengths of the 2024 draft, again, it's early, but on the flip side, the weak groups in terms of what you're seeing from the seniors and the potential underclassmen who
1: may enter. Okay, I think Titans fans are, are going to be happy to hear that. They they were lucky they drafted uh, Tajay Spears last year because this does not seem to be a real running back heavy group. Uh, we've had a couple of guys really emerge. Um out of that group is seniors, but overall um, in terms of like high-end first couple rounds, if, you, if you're thinking about a replacement eventually for Derrick Henry to maybe pair with Tajay, um, this isn't the year to do it. So uh, running backs, and I'd say safety. Safety is a position that's really getting more difficult because, you know, if, if you have a safety that can't cover in the NFL, co- coaches are doing such a good job of, of getting those guys isolated. So you got to find safeties that can cover. Um, And there's just not a lot of those guys at the college level. We're actually looking at some corners for the game right now that we'll bring here to Mobile and play them at safety.
0: So outside of his family and the staff at Tulane, the least surprised man in America that Tajay Spears has done well for the Titans is Jim Nagy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, I had the pom-poms out for Tajay last year. I'm not denying that. Um, I just think so much of him. As a player, I think he's—you know—I put something on Twitter the other day. I think he's the best open field runner we've seen in the last couple of years out of the draft. But then, you guys have all had a, a lot of months and months now to be around Tajay. and I think the more you're around him, the more you, you become a fan. So, um, no, he, he's a pretty special guy, and it's—it's it's been cool to see them get him involved um, recently, get his touches up because I think he can really make an impact.
0: All right, let's talk seniors. Who are the guys that have really improved their stock the most? so far in fall 2023.
1: Okay, well, well, we'll stick with the running back theme to start with. I'd say Marshawn Lloyd, uh, the starting running back at USC, is a guy that transferred out there from, from South Carolina. And he'd started in South Carolina. It's not like he wasn't a non-factor there. But, man, as he as he busted out, I think he's the most athletic running back in the draft. Uh, he's now our top-graded senior back. Going into the year, it was Trey Benson and, and uh, Blake Coram from Michigan, Trey Benson at Florida State. Marshawn's kind of overtaken those two guys, even though we we like both those guys. But, but Marshawn's just played at a, a really high level all year out there on the West Coast. Uh, Xavier Leggett, uh, another South Carolina Gamecock that actually stayed in Columbia, has had a really a breakout year for South Carolina. Probably worked himself up from being a, a seventh-round priority free agent level player to now when you talk to scouts, I see guys out at games on Saturdays, a bunch of NFL guys, and it doesn't sound like he's going to get out of the second day. Um, he's a six, 220 pound guy. That's going to run in the high four threes. He can return kicks. He's played on special teams and now he's like a really prolific receiver in that offense. So I would say those two guys. And then, uh, I've got this Oregon duck sticker over my shoulder here. Um, they have a, a big long corner transfer from Alabama named Kyrie Jackson, um, who really struggled getting on the field in Tuscaloosa. And, uh, he has taken off in Dan Lanning's defense out in Eugene. So Uh, that's, those are, those are just three. There's a bunch, but, uh, those are three guys.
0: How many quarterbacks potentially could go in the first round of the 2024 NFL draft?
1: Well, I think even the casual fan will tell you that it's probably going to be Caleb Williams and Drake May, uh, USC and North Carolina quarterbacks. And then after that, uh, you know, I think of the senior class, I think Bo Nix from Oregon could maybe get into that mix. Um, Jaden Daniels is playing as, as well as anybody right now. I think the West Coast quarterbacks are getting a lot of the love, but Jaden Daniels is playing at a really high level at LSU. We'll see how high he can climb. And we have a day two grade on him right now on Jaden. And then there's the the underclassmen, you know, JJ McCarthy at my alma mater Michigan. I, I, I watch those guys whenever I can. Um, he does a lot of really good things on tape when we're watching all the other offensive players at Michigan. Uh, you know, and then Riley Leonard at Duke is a name that's been out there. I personally... Don't think Riley's going to come out in the draft. Maybe I'm wrong. He's a local kid for us down here. He's from right across Mobile Bay um, in Fairhope, Alabama. So, and he's missed some time. So maybe he'll go back for next year. But uh, we could get three or four, Mike. I think that's probably the number we're looking at, three or four. Michael Penix at Washington? Yeah, Penix might be in the mix. He certainly played well. I think, you know, when we get into the process where the scouts really dig in on the nitty-gritty, you know, be on the tape. And Mike, Michael Penix played great on tape. You know he's had some injury stuff. He's had some season-ending injuries, um, and then with the age, kind of something that Hendon Hooker fought last year at Tennessee. Um, he's going to have he's going to have some age concerns because he's been in school for six years. So and Bo Nix will as well. Bo Bo will Bo's got some age stuff as well. So um, it'll be interesting. So but I, I do think we'll probably end up with with three somewhere three to five somewhere in that range.
0: I can't believe we've gotten this far with Jim Nagy and not talked about wide receivers. Everybody just salivating over the potential of Marvin Harrison Jr from Ohio State. Are there a group of receivers that are in his class?
1: You know, I'm not sure and I haven't studied Marvin honestly. I know he's not going to he's not going to be for us. So we we we've got we've got a we've not to like dive into the nitty-gritty with you, but uh we have like over 200 more players on the watch list this year because the NFL is counting the 2020 season um for the guys that sat out COVID, they're eligible. They usually wouldn't. So, like, we have a class of redshirt juniors now that we usually don't have for All-Star Games. Wow. And uh so I don't have time to watch Marvin. I do know this. He's a special talent because I had multiple scouts call me last year as they were, like, leaving the practice field at Columbus saying, you got to see Marvin Harrison's kid, man. Like, he's incredible. So I know he's a special one. uh, But it is a good receiver class. I brought up Xavier Leggett. Um, Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky, kind of right up the road, right up I-65 in Bowling Green, Kentucky. From you guys, is a really good player. I think anyone that watched the Washington Oregon game over the weekend saw Roma Dunzi and Jalen McMillan um, for Washington, and then and then Troy Franklin on the Oregon side. So uh, there there is. It, it's going to be you know we I think we had two straight really good receiver classes, um, and and this one looks looks like it's going to be right up there as well.
0: As a fan, I enjoy watching Brock Bowers play tight end for Georgia. He's hurt his ankle. He's going to miss four to six weeks. Has he already put enough hay in the barn in terms of what he's shown, that he is going to be one of the top tight ends taken come April?
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, for sure. I, I, I'm a fan of his, too. Um, I think the first time I saw him is his true freshman year, I was in Athens watching him play South Carolina, and he was a true freshman out of Napa, California. And he was out there in the SEC and and making people look silly. So um, I do think there's a greater gap between Brock Bowers and the next best tight end compared to any other position in the draft, if that makes sense. I sure. mean, I think there's the disparity between one and two is greater there between in Brock and the next guy. So, yeah, I think he's done enough. Um, but I, I do think that Brock, just knowing the competitor he is, it would not shock me at all if he tries to come back from this ankle surgery and uh, – join his teammates and try to make a run in a third national championship.
0: Jim, everybody's looking for edge rushers. You haven't mentioned them as a group. You mentioned interior defensive linemen, but everybody's trying to find that guy who can go get the quarterback from the edge. Who are some of the top potential edge rushers for the 2024 NFL draft?
1: Yeah, that group seems down a little bit, Mike, at least for us in the senior class. I mean, there's, there's certainly some guys we like, but, uh, but just the overall depth, I mean, that's been a really hard position for us to cut over the years, and, and for for a good reason. Usually we have an abundance. This year we probably won't have enough. Um, but a couple of names I'll throw at you, like Chop Robinson is a junior at Penn State who I've heard a lot about. I haven't really spent a lot of time watching. Um, they have a guy on the opposite side, Adisa Isaac, um, who had three sacks this past week. That uh, So I notice Chop when I'm watching, watching the, their tape. Jared Burse is a guy from Florida state that we heard a lot about over the summer. If, if you're on social media or, or draft sites in the summer, Jared Burse was a, a big time name out of Florida state. Um, and he was sackless up until a couple of weeks ago. I was over there in Tallahassee watching them play uh, about tech and uh, Jared got his first two sacks that day. I think that was week six. So uh, from a production standpoint, he has a ways to go, oh, but he's a really good player. I mean, he's an impactful player. He's a good rundowns player. He's not just a pass rusher. Um, I do think he's a first-round draft pick. And then a guy that uh, – a guy who's really looked great on tape the last two years uh, is a kid by the name of Latu out at UCLA. And, uh, you know, he had some injury stuff at Washington. He had a neck thing that Washington quite, kind of disqualified him from playing, and UCLA said, come on down, and they passed him physically. Um, and now he's tearing it up out on the West Coast. And I know a lot of us, you know, east of the Mississippi, we don't stay up for the, the Pac-12 late-at-night games, but, but Latu at UCLA – is a really skilled pass rusher with his hands and setting up moves. He is he's a pro. I mean, this guy looks like he's a 10 year vet when he rushes the quarterback. He just knows how to do it. So um, those are a few names of guys if you're looking for pass rush help.
0: When we were in Mobile in 2022, the first guy I interviewed was Roger McCrary, who's a, a Mobile guy uh, played at Auburn. The first minute I met him, I said, oh, he's a Titan type player. And they, draft, <laughs> they drafted him in the second round. And he's been nothing but sensational. Are there enough corners in this draft that you could find a Roger McCrary in round two or round three?
1: Absolutely, yeah, no, and there's there's four of them. It, it, four of Rogers' former teammates um, have a really good chance of being in, in here in Mobile. There's four four DBs at Auburn that can play. Um, so, but it is it's going to be a good class. Um, there's some the bigger, longer guys, uh, kind of the height, weight, speed corners in this draft. There's a lot of guys that are raw. They're going to need some time. Um, some of the best ready-made guys are more like Roger. You know, Roger's, whatever Roger was, 5'10", 5'11", but played bigger than that, really feisty, really good ball skills. Um, there's some guys in that vein in this class. It's If you need a nickel, um, it's a great class. Like Mike sainr at Michigan, Jedi Barron at Texas. Um, so there are certainly some guys in round two, because because nickel is essentially a starting spot now, right? You're playing sure. 70% sub, sub-package ball. So you can plug that nickel guy and there. there, There's a number of those guys. So uh, really good. More depth on the inside than out on the perimeter, but it is, it is a good class.
0: One of my favorite things in coming to Mobile is meeting and watching the small school guys. You find them. You found Badgett from Shepherd, who was playing in the game for the Bears the other day at quarterback. You continue to find those guys. Who are some of the best small school guys that you have your eye on right now?
1: I'll say this, it's getting harder. Um, the transfer portal has, is, is, is not that the small school thing is entirely going to go away. I, I hope it doesn't. It's been a big part of the Senior Bowl's history going, going all the way back to Michael Strahan at Texas Southern and, and, and Walter Payton at Jackson State. So I hope it totally doesn't go away. But we are seeing a lot of these smaller school guys transfer up. Um, a couple names. I'll throw one at you. Um, I had a phone call today with a Yale tackle named Kieran Amagaji. And uh, he just had a really bad season-ending injury, so he's not going to be here in Mobile. He was our highest graded small school player. He's a left tackle at Yale. Um, probably would have been a day two pick. You asked me if there's any guys that they wouldn't that they could get a starting left tackle and not in round one. Kieran probably would have been one of those names. We'll we'll see what happens after the surgery here. Um, what a great young man. Having a having a conversation with him today. I'm pulling for him. Um, But other small school guys, like there's a guy at Houston Christian named Jalex Hunt. Um, He's kind of a big, long outside linebacker. He's a former safety from Cornell, um, grew up in Houston and wanted to transfer back home and and play at a little higher level than the Ivy League. So Jalex Hunt is kind of a later round name right now. Uh, We'll see if he gets the invite to Mobile, if he can improve that stock. Um, But that's certainly a name. And then Dylan Laub. There's a running back in New Hampshire, Dylan Laub um, who I've seen some Christian McCaffrey comparisons. He's a, he's a white running back. Um, so I think people are throwing the McCaffrey thing out. I'd slow my roll on that one. Christian's like the MVP of the league right now. Um, he's, he's Danny Woodheadish. He, he, uh, he had a game earlier this year. Dylan did against central Michigan where he broke the NCAA all time record for a running back. He had 12 catches for 297 yards. Wow. So, um, yeah, yeah. Really, really cool player in the passing game that, that I know, I understand why people are saying the McCaffrey thing because you can get him out in the slot and have him run routes and he can get open. Um, but I don't know if he's quite the league uh, in the league of Christian McCaffrey. But but a really good football player.
0: I know it's October, but we can't wait to be back in Mobile in late January and enjoy the 75th annual Reese's Senior Bowl. It's going to be a fun week, and you guys are a first-class unit. Treat all the teams so well, and and we get
1: so much towards
0: the draft. Jim, thanks so much
1: for the time. Yeah, Mike, thanks for having me on. Look forward to seeing you when we get to uh, when we get to February. All right. That does it for the OTP
0: presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. For Jim Nagy, I'm Mike Keith. Thanks for listening.